Hi, I'm Dr. Kyla, paediatric dietitian, fussy eating specialist, and mum of two. I'm the founder of the online Mealtimes memberships that help parents just like you experience a confident and guilt-free way of feeding children. I'm also a business owner, a hot cross bun lover, and my superpower is finding things that you cannot live without. In this podcast, I'm talking about feeding your family, along with a random selection of topics that tickle my fancy. Welcome to Mealtimes with Dr. Kyla. Hello and welcome back to Mealtimes with Dr. Kyla. It's awesome to have you here. Today I'm talking about a couple of little things. One was my experience of parenting in that gooch week, that week between Christmas and New Year. Uh, and some of the challenges that we faced and from what I understand lots of parents faced so a little bit to make you feel less alone um, about your experience then um, I'm also going to cover a um, some common questions that crop up from my audience on Instagram so there were some great questions asked this week uh, that I'm going to touch on today as well anyway happy new year to you all hope you've had a lovely start to the year let's get started with this bit so last week I did a post on Instagram that got such a huge response. Like I was blown away. My inbox was <laughs> inundated. And what I was talking about was one of the things that I didn't expect about parenting was the level of frustration, upsetness, <laughs> dysregulation, sadness that my kid would experience during fun activities. Right. So this kind of whining, whinging, the things that happen when I thought we would all be having fun. So, for example, when I um, was not a parent and I thought about, you know, going to the zoo, for example, I thought this would be, you know, a beautiful memory making experience that we would do as a family. We'd all be thrilled to go to the zoo. You know, we'd be driving there and we'd be singing the song about the zoo and we would all be ready and walking in happily and we'd all be, you know, sharing our packed lunch and we'd be marveling at the animals and skipping along. What I didn't expect was that nobody would even get in the car before we were ready to go to the zoo and that somebody would cry in the car on the way to the zoo because the river wasn't outside their window it was outside their sister's window and we would already be complaining about how far we had to walk on the way into the zoo before we'd even started walking to see the animals and somebody would be asking for a drink 45 seconds in somebody else would be hungry by then we would all be on our way to see the tiger because that's what we wanted to see and then nobody would want to see the tiger anymore and somebody would cry because they wanted something from the vending machine that we walked past and somebody else would trip over or you know i just <laughs> did not expect everybody to find these fun things so challenging and obviously like that's not one single trip to the zoo but that, those experiences definitely are uh, things that have happened to me on my way somewhere with my kids so that was kind of one of the things I think that shocked me about parenthood was that at times particularly you know big events that I pictured as being just memory making fun times would actually be incredibly challenging so as I'm recording this, we are two weeks post Christmas 
Um, and that week between Christmas and New Year was possibly one of the hardest weeks of parenting I have experienced. And it was something I wasn't really ready for. I don't remember this time last year being as hard. Uh, and part of it is me having a game plan for next year uh, so that I don't lose my mind during that week. And what I do remember from previous years is that week between Christmas and New Year, which this year seems to have been termed the Gooch week. Um, it's kind of the end of Christmas, the beginning of the New Year. Uh, that there's kind of nobody knows what day it is and each day slides into the next. There's no pressure. There's no expectation. Everyone's relaxed. And I expected that this year. And I feel like I was rudely reminded that actually parenting continues possibly at a higher level even during that week um, and I found it really tricky like my kids were to be fair probably not you know particularly dissimilar to what they normally are like maybe a little bit heightened um, and it definitely I want to be really clear that it's definitely not their fault but I expected that week to be a really chill enjoyable slow week and it wasn't I felt like I was putting out emotional fires left right and center there were tears and tantrums and frustrations about so many little things you know I thought post boxing day we would just be you know we've got the most new toys we've had for a while we've you know got time to all be home and it wasn't this easy process, you know. I thought there were so many little fights between my kids. There were so many upsets when things didn't go quite right, which, you know, obviously happens all the time. I feel like my husband and I were also um, very short-fused during this time and probably as a result of, you know, hosting Christmas and the lead-up and all the exciting things that happened for us as a family prior to Christmas. Um, and that was a big part, I think, of what happened. We were so we were having so many fun little things each day in the lead up to Christmas. And after that, I think everybody was tired, a bit overwhelmed, probably a bit overstimulated. Do you know, every day in the lead up, we'd had, you know, we'd been able to find the elf in the morning. Uh, we got up. We had an advent calendar chocolate in the morning. We got up. We got to open one of our Christmas books. So every year, I um wrap up our Christmas books in Christmas wrapping and each morning we unwrap a new one and read that Christmas book together. We had a special Christmas book we were reading at night time as well. You know, there were so many daycare parties, school parties, concerts, all of the things. There was always something happening. And so come post-Christmas, we were, I mean, my kids were probably expecting this constant hit of exciting things which I felt like it still was, you know, there were still lots of cool toys and, and things we were getting to do, but we were probably all just at our max stimulation level. And it just meant that my expectations for that week to be cruisy and calm and fun were, you know, smashed out of the park. And as with everything with parenting, don't you think, you know, when you have an expectation for something, it's so easy to be disappointed or frustrated when it doesn't go as you would expect. Because, of course, during Christmas and New Year, you know, kids still have emotional needs and still need active parenting. It's a lot harder, particularly, I guess, when you have young children um, to sit back and relax. And I think 
for me and my husband, we were ready to relax. We've, we'd kind of earned that in the lead up to Christmas. Um, and then it didn't exist anymore. And so everybody was ratty and tired and also you know late nights big events lots of stimulation I know that that wasn't my kids fault but it was really hard to not kind of fall into a habit of thinking like these ungrateful brats like we've done all this stuff in the lead up to Christmas and I want to be really clear that I know that is not the case but it was really hard in the moment for me to pull myself out of I deserve some rest and relaxation during this week. Why is nobody letting me, you know, have that? And so it took a little bit of time. Like I think we probably had four or five days of really tricky, um, just tricky family experiences. We, my husband and I will be very short. We were, there's no probably about it. We were very short with each other. We were frustrated. Um, We were trying to do, to be present and do enjoyable things with our kids. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will have watched some of the saga about us trying to fly a kite as a family and the (laughs) not core memories that I was expecting to happen. None of those were formed. It was just a lesson in uh, negotiation with each other. And you know, I think our kids needed a lot of help regulating and I needed some help regulating. My partner definitely needed some help um, <laughs> regulating during that time. So what I'm thinking next year we might do in that space is actually acknowledge that we both need some specific time to decompress. And so what I'm going to put in my diary is a reminder um, for each of us that we get a half day during, you know, that week of, of nothingness uh, to ourselves where the other parent is solely responsible for all of the routine stuff, all of the care, all of the the emotional support for our kids. And the other person can go out, can stay in, can do whatever it is that they need to do um, without thinking about the kids and really just thinking about nourishing um, themselves. And the other thing I was thinking about doing uh, is having either a day where the kids go to somebody they know, um, possibly a grandparent maybe, um, or a babysitter who can come and spend some time just playing with them um, and soaking up some of that dysregulation so that we can actually have a day of getting jobs done, you know, packing up the stuff from Christmas and actually maybe even just go out for a drink and a lunch together and kind of have some time that we don't really get in the lead up to Christmas to to really feel like we get some space for us to relax in that that week that is everybody talking about relaxing everybody seems to be relaxing but us people with young kids really are not feeling that so that's my plan um, for next year. I'm going to see if I can put that in into place and see if that helps with some of the resentment uh, that comes up. But one of the things I just wanted to flag when I'm talking about it to you now is I feel very lucky that when I share some of these things on Instagram, I get a lot of feedback from people like, oh my God, me too. Like, I am living this exact experience, but I thought it was just me. And so I feel very lucky in that I never think that this must just be happening to me because whenever I share anything I am inundated with people saying this is the same in my family and so I just wanted to put it out there like if you found that time hard you know we're mid-school holidays I am like recording this in another room while my kids are watching tv one of them is asleep I've tried to you know 
have a little moment to myself. It's really hard at times. And, you know, a lot of us don't hear that from other people about how hard some of these times are, especially periods when we think this should be a magical, you know, relaxed family fun time. And it's not doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong and it definitely doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your kids or that they're spoiled or anything like that it's just that you know big feelings happen regardless of the time of year it's exhausting to co-regulate small kids and to do that all the time is full-on and there are times when you're actually allowed to resent that and if we can band together and know that this happens to everybody it really I think takes a lot of that shame and guilt out of it and it's really interesting so I like shared that I wrote down a lot in my journal um that night after I got some validation from people actually yes their kids were rather feral too and they were finding that really tricky and when I kind of got out of the expectation or got out of this idea that it had to look a certain way that week things actually got a lot easier fast and I feel like we found more of our groove in this last week since that happened. Um, I feel like we have been much more intentional about dividing and conquering with the kids. So actually, you know, playing an age appropriate game with each of them separately so that they can both have their cups filled and not kind of get into that niggly state with their sibling. Um, We've kind of made more time where it is actually just about being present and not feeling like you have to also clean the house and do the things but we've also made some very specific time like when we can do that or when one person can um you know make a start on that and the other can keep their eye on the kids and I do think having a bit more routine and my husband's back at work that has definitely helped return a sense of normalcy to the house and so when I read back over my journal entry um last night I was like oh wow that was actually very tough and it is easy to forget. And I wonder if next year I will even even remember the extent of how difficult that week felt. Um, but yeah, I wanted to put it out there because I think it would be good for me to listen to this myself next year. And if you're in this situation, you know, and it's now 2025, 2026, like it would be really, I think I would have liked to hear this myself at that time. So if you were living that experience, I see you, I feel you, uh, and if you know that this experience or this time is coming up in your life, uh, I hope it's easier, and if it's not, adjust your expectations, put some things in place so that you too can enjoy a little bit of downtime um, in the holidays. Okay, next I am going to answer a couple of questions that have come in uh, through Instagram. I did a recent post where I asked what your biggest foodie frustrations were, and I've picked two Um, that cropped up a couple of times and I'm going to talk about now. So the first one that's come up, um, I mean, it comes up every single time I do uh, any kind of ask me anything, and it does crop up regularly in our membership group, is around vegetables. And so for lots of people, uh, lots and lots and lots of children, vegetables are a really tricky food to learn to like. And they are one of those foods that as parents, we feel this responsibility to our kids to make them or to help them learn to like vegetables, to encourage them to eat vegetables. And it can be incredibly frustrating um, as a parent when your child just doesn't. And so lots of people ask me a variation of, 
you know, what am I supposed to do if my kid just will not eat vegetables? You know, is this a problem? Am I making, you know, a big issue here? Should I be forcing them to eat it? And I just want to unpack a couple of little things around this question. Number one, it is really, really common for kids to not enjoy the taste or texture of vegetables. It doesn't mean that they won't. It doesn't mean that they can't in the future. But realistically, vegetables are one of the hardest food groups to learn to like. So they are probably the most uh, unpredictable food group. They can differ so significantly between you know types of vegetables and even within kind of vegetable types can be very very different the texture can be so different depending on how you cook it even within you know an individual food so if you think about broccoli the texture of the bubbly bits on the top the kind of sweeter inner stem the stem itself you know the texture alone let alone the taste uh, let alone how it changes if you steam or boil it or microwave it or if you cook it for two minutes versus five minutes it's just something that is a really hard thing to learn to like as a child also you know lots of vegetables tend to have a bitter taste they tend to be things we serve also at harder times of the day usually at dinner you know when it is Kids are often at their limit already in terms of learning and taking on new things. So learning to like vegetables is a very typical part or difficulty learning to like vegetables is a very typical part of childhood for sure, but definitely well into uh, school aged years. Now, it's not necessarily a problem. Um, most of the nutrients can be provided by lots of other foods. So fruit in particular, if your child eats a reasonable range of fruit, it's probably highly likely that their nutrient requirements are being met by the fruit that they're eating. Now, that doesn't mean that we ever want to stop serving vegetables. It doesn't mean that veggies aren't important. And I mean, as a dietitian, <laughs> vegetables are a core part of my job. But I never think that we need to stress or force consumption on our kids and I think the best thing that we can do to help them learn to like it is have vegetables readily available we can serve them with meals we can eat them ourselves model how we want them uh, to learn to eat we can involve them in prep of vegetables you know any kind of serving of vegetables at the table any kind of chopping any kind of mixing any kind of even passing a plate with vegetables on it to somebody else all plays into kids learning to like them in the end. From a nutritional point of view, though, I don't think we need to be freaking out about that food group in particular. And I have some feelings around vegetables, you know, being this kind of, or having a health halo, I guess, around them. Really, some of this comes from diet culture. This idea that you should snack on, you know, veggie sticks and hummus or even just kind of veggies, really, a lot of it comes from this old school dieting advice of like having some vegetable sticks to when you're hungry and you want something that's low calorie. And unfortunately, vegetables have kind of morphed into a bit of this virtuous food, you know, like I'm eating my vegetables, I'm doing a good thing. And, you know, the nutrients from them, as I said, you can get from many other food groups. Now, I love them. I want you to keep offering them to your kids, but I don't want you to get into any kind of 
panic or worry if your children are still learning to like them. And I don't want you to feel like you're doing a poor job if your children are not eating them. The other thing I want to talk about is how you can make them enjoyable for your kids to learn to like. And often that is including adding a flavor or some kind of source of fat to them. And that might look like a sauce. It might look like very plain tomato sauce added. It might look like melted cheese. It might look like dipping sauce. It might look like cooking them in butter or adding some spice or some salt to make them more enjoyable for your kids when they're learning to like them. Don't think that you need your children, your young children to happily eat plain steamed or boiled vegetables if they do amazing but you absolutely don't have to pitch it you know right there so as a general rule my advice is if your child doesn't eat vegetables but they eat a wide variety of other foods and i mean at least some other foods from the other food groups i'm actually very unlikely to be worried about what they're missing out from a nutrient perspective what i would encourage you to do is keep serving in very small portions uh, keep offering opportunities for your kids to get involved with vegetables without having to eat them so they're those things like serving or cooking they're also things like growing or selecting at the farmer's market or you know buying from bunnings uh, and planting in the garden those things absolutely help they don't magically change your child's preferences overnight but they do help them to build a sense of confidence and then really that's all you need to do you don't need to make a big song and dance about vegetables you don't need to teach your kids about you know how vegetables are one of the most important food groups because i would say they're as equally important as any other food group they are not you know the top of the food chain uh, if that makes sense So hopefully that gives you some reassurance that your job is really about providing. Your kids can decide when they're ready to taste veggies, when they are ready to learn to like them. You can think about ways to serve them that increases the likelihood that they'll enjoy them. You absolutely do not need to spend precious time stressing about your kids not eating vegetables. And the second question I get asked really regularly is what do you do if you have one particularly fussy eater? Usually it's the older child uh, and the younger child who is quite an adventurous eater, is maybe um, more experimental than their sibling, is starting to copy that child. So this is quite common um, in most families that the younger child will copy something that the older child is doing at mealtimes and I mean sometimes it can be a really positive behavior that you want to see you know your younger child might learn things uh, much more quickly than your older child did but they might also copy some of the habits that perhaps you prefer your older child um, didn't do. What I want to really reassure you is that kids are likely younger siblings are likely to go through fussy phases themselves It's most common that these fussy phases start somewhere between that kind of 18 month, 24 month mark. Very common. That's also the time when they're really deep in this kind of copying behavior, really noticing what their older sibling is doing. And so it can coincide in this time when they were naturally going to be going through a more fussy phase uh, anyway. But you might notice that your younger child is you know, specifically wanting their spaghetti without any sauce when previously they'd happily eat, you know, those things mixed together or they're refusing to eat the things on the plate that your older child is eating. And I want to reassure you that that's a very normal thing to happen, but it's something that will extinguish on its own if you don't 
kind of pay too much attention to it or, or draw too much attention to it. If you naturally have a child who is a fairly confident, fairly adventurous eater, and they're copying a child who is not as adventurous, after a while, if there's no fanfare, no kind of focus on that, it actually does get really boring for them. And they will naturally come back to choosing a variety, to accepting source on things, to kind of managing and exploring more in the meal, even when their older sibling is still, you know, very strong in their preferences. And so the best thing that you can do is trust that it is a phase that will kind of peter out on its own that you can continue to implement the division of responsibility and that is you know your job is about providing the food being considerate to your child's needs without you know forcing them or making them do anything in particular and so it's most likely that you'll be kind of considerate to your older child or your more fussy child's needs but you can trust that your other child will in time come back to voluntarily choosing a range of foods so as much as you can you want to hold back from you know commenting about but you'd like that you don't need to do what they're doing or you enjoy sauce on your pasta you show your big brother how to do it if you can actually just pull back from doing any of those and trust that your child will come back to a more you know naturally varied way of eating that will pass and it will get better in time And there's actually nothing that you need to do and you definitely don't need to draw attention to it. So again, just want to reassure you that that is a very typical pattern that we see. um, But those things will sort themselves out. Stick to your roles, stay in charge of the things you can control and trust that your child will come back to their natural preferences for eating in time. And that brings me to the end of those two really, really common questions uh, that get asked, which is also the end of the podcast. If you have more questions, if you want me to talk specifically about your child or the you know mealtime challenges that you're having at the moment, I would love to invite you to join one of the Mealtimes memberships. And in there, the team and I answer every single question asked by our members within 48 hours. Uh, and every month I do a live Q&A where I will answer your specific questions uh, and find out you know what's going on for you. You can have as much detail as you like and I'll be able to chat to you about that uh, as a member. So would love you to be part of that if you would like to. And thanks for listening. See ya. A huge thanks for tuning in and listening to my podcast. This is all brand new for me, so I'd love to hear your feedback. Give me a review or send me a DM. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And above all, I'd really love you to hit that subscribe button to keep listening. Thanks.